Hey, welcome. Uh, this is Charlotte Pierce of Pierce Press. I produce the Piragaji in Action podcast, or I collaborate on it. Um, this is Piragaji in Action. It's actually our sixth episode. And in the Piragaji project, we collaborate to build the no longer missing guide to all things relevant to successful peer production and peer learning. And the Piragaji in Action live stream and video and audio podcast aims to provide a, an interactive space where participants and audience can explore the philosophies and concepts, contributors, people in the world of, of peer learning and peer production. We aim to keep the discussions uh, free, informal and free flowing with some kind of minimal guidelines. So we usually have two or three talking points and uh, we live stream to via video to the Piragaji channels on YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn. So please consider subscribing. You can also, just real easy thing to remember is piragaji.org is our website and you can find all the links to the various places, the uh, platforms that we use. So please consider subscribing and participating in our future episodes. And I'm gonna turn it over now to Joe Corneli who is our um, host today. And I'm gonna pop out and, and run the back end of things backstage. Thanks, Joe. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, um, so hi, hi, I'm Joe. Um, and I'm so excited to be on episode six. That feels like a milestone even more than five. Uh, but uh, the important thing today is to introduce um, Nura and Amanda, who are our guests today. Um, let's say, uh, Nura is, in Piragaji terms, a newcomer to the Piragaji project and Piragaji things. Uh, we've gotten to know her in an Emacs uh, research group where we're using some of the ideas of um, Piragaji. And Amanda is, uh, I don't know, what's the opposite of a newcomer, an old timer of the Piragaji project who's been uh, with us from perhaps the very start. If you look at some of these little icon up in the upper right, this looks like it's maybe got an Amanda signature on it. And, and really, Amanda has provided a lot of the visual um, DNA of the Piragaji project. If you ever put it on uh, Google image search, you will find Amanda Lyons images there. So, and for example, Charlotte has one in her background if you're watching. On the other hand, some people are uh, listening only. So you'll be really missing out. If you're, if you're only listening, do go visit visualsforchange.com in your own time. And you can see more of Amanda's artwork there. Um, so, um, yeah, what we're, we're, we're going to talk about today is visualizing life patterns. Oh, and, and uh, by the way, there's a, an extra special guest uh, with um, Amanda uh, Catalina as a, a, a real newcomer to the whole, uh, this is her first podcast. So uh, this is pretty impressive. Um, uh, but yeah, so obviously life, life has been developing for you, Amanda, in exciting ways. Um, that's one of the interesting life patterns. Um, Briefly to introduce Nura, uh, you, well, really, really, I should let you introduce yourselves, but um, Nura, what I know about you is you're a PhD student in um, policy affairs in Texas. Do you want to say a bit more about what you're studying in your PhD? Yeah, hi, I'm a PhD student at the LBJ School of Public Affairs. So right now I study climate uh, policies. So a lot to do with patterns, a lot to do with moving parts and a lot of uncertainty and how we learn along the way. So. Yeah, and then it, I met Joe at an Emacs conference. So while using open source software to uh, work together and just uh, ease the research process. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and um, 
Amanda, as I said a lot about your um, art, I would just also like to say we're going to have art from you throughout the thing. And um, if you, I, I think one of the ideas was that you might do some drawings here live. I don't know if you can kind of uh, multitask here with your two arms there um, and, and also show us any drawings. But um, do you want to introduce us a little bit to uh, what we see around you as well? I see some paintings and drawings uh, and uh, baby uh, all here. So how, how is it going there in the conditions of lockdown as an artist in you're based in New York still is that correct yeah I'm in Brooklyn New York thanks Joe yeah. so mm -hmm. um, yeah excited to be here and I have um, I find art to be really healing and really necessary particularly in in this time both as new mom and as just a human um, I am playing a little bit via paper we will see how much I can actually do this and that and I might get some help with the little one at some point um, but I am really all about helping people use visuals and use art in order to, whatever it is, right? Solve problems, um, feel life more, understand life more, communicate. It's kind of a fill in the blank. So that's, that's, that's super. I'm, I'm really excited by this kind of mashup thing. I think I, I noticed some commonality, speaking of patterns, I noticed that all of us actually have some art in the background. So I think all of us can... Uh, even though maybe not all of us will identify as visual artists, we can all identify with like having meaningful art in our in our lives. So that's very cool. Um, so yeah, uh, Charlotte, uh, I'm getting, getting popping in to say hi. So um, Charlotte, uh, if you show us this uh, topic, one the question we would like to open with, I think, is um, what do patterns, life patterns, look like or feel like? And here's some illustrations. There's a bubble, um, but yeah, uh, what what do what do the patterns in our life look like and feel like? And this little image here, um, for those on the video feed, uh, is from Christopher Alexander with kind of these um, 15 properties of wholeness. So I don't, I don't de declare that all life patterns must feel like that. Maybe roughness is an example. Life can feel rough sometimes. Or um, when Nura and I were chatting about this before, we were talking about boundaries, like the transition to becoming a mother is kind of like, before you weren't a mother, now you are. So it's, maybe it's not a boundary, but it's certainly it's a change, um, a, a huge change as I, as I know as an uncle from, from witnessing my sister's experience. So um, maybe you both would love to just uh, elaborate a bit about what life patterns feel like um, for you uh, in, in your life, um, moving country, studying, how, how, how do we think about, or how do we experience the the feelings of our patterns and yeah and how do we think about or experience the visual aspects how do we how do we visualize these things so to give some order to this um let's go to nura first if it's okay and, and give amanda a chance to sketch on paper if she wants or is able as nura answers this quite open question mm -hmm. um well when i'm thinking about life patterns i'm always thinking about uh, my research and public policy um, and so what I relate to is mostly the boundaries. It's um, you're always operating within boundaries. Um, and so to understand, for example, like how things work and why things work, um, the most that I've learned from is like drawing diagrams and just to understand how like from one point to the other, what happens in between. So that's how I think about it. But like when we, uh, when I looked at the uh, picture that you showed of like Alexander's um, properties of wholeness, it made me think of something else as well. Um, so for example, like uh, 
sorry, I need to pull it up again. Um, one of them with the boundaries is like, it looks like a map. Um, so what is the inside and what is the outside? So that's something that is worth thinking about when we're drawing like, you know, hmm. territories or things like that. So that's how I think about life patterns. That's interesting. When, when I was hearing about boundaries, it, 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 I didn't even think of the idea of an inside and outside, even though that picture is a circle, but I was thinking about like um, Hadrian's wall or something, a boundary that d divides people across things without there necessarily being an inside, but just two sides. So. How, yeah. about, how about how about you, uh, Amanda? Um, how do you, I mean, I know thinking visually is such a key thing for you, but how do you think about life patterns and the patterns of, of your life or life in general? Yeah, so I think a couple, there's a couple things. I love sort of what you just said and to piggyback off of inside and outside, Nora, some of how I think about patterns are sort of seeing patterns, thinking patterns, feeling patterns, um, the handoff. Um, and, you know, I, I really think that there's something to creative patterns too, and not only how we feel and think, but we all have it, right? We all have this creative way of being in the world, right? Even if you consider yourself an artist or don't, right? There's, how do I get, I live in New York City, so how do I get my car out of the snow in the street, right? Like that's a creative problem to figure out. How do I, you know, have a conversation with this person who thinks really differently than me. That's a creative challenge, right? So there's all different kinds of creativity. If we sort of blow it up really big for a minute. And then there's however we sort of as humans show up in that moment. And so for me, when I think patterns of thinking and, and part of, I think, how I got pulled into this was thinking about my own patterns, right? And, and what they mean. And when I choose them, consciously and when I choose them unconsciously. And so when you spoke about inside and outside, Nora, where I went was to me and to my human body. And how do I show up in the world in a way where I'm aware of some of those patterns, right? Both the conscious and the unconscious ones, I'm pulling them out a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I appreciate this, this visual that you're, that you pulled up, the properties of wholeness, right? I want to sit here and play with it and, and like take it in a little bit more even. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's so much amazingness here, right? This sort of echo, I'm, I'm looking at the echoes at the moment, similarity, and to me, I think nature, right, is another place that I go when I think about these patterns, right? I go to biology, I go to nature. I take a walk every day in the park with my little, and it's by far one of the best parts of my day. Um, and that that pattern for me of allowing my body to spend time in nature really shifts me and shifts, you know, talk about mood shifts, it completely mm. shifts me. Um, and plays, allows me to play with the boundaries too, mm -hmm. right? And the boundaries of not only sort of where I am in the moment, but how I'm thinking, right? And becoming aware of those boundaries of our thinking that we don't even, we aren't aware of so often, right? And so what happens when we start to pull those out and become aware of them? I think that's that's I, I find that so exciting because I think I feel like I go go from patterns, for example, of, of patterns you might do every day to other things that are other patterns like the way we breathe. Um, but in then in the world of policy, it's like, you know, where did the park come from? I think one of the examples uh, Nura and I were talking about is if you want to design a city, you know, don't build on every last available piece of square uh, square inch of, of of ground because you can create you know some healthy living for people there. And it's like all these different levels from like minute to minute um, versus uh, day to day versus maybe every you know few hundred years, people will think about how to build a brand new city or something like that, or how to change the landscape. Um, but I don't know, we're, we're always kind of working all these different skills. I like what you said about 
working across them. Um, Charlotte, if you could flip ahead, I know we, we love these 15 patterns, maybe we'll be able to come back into them again, but there's some other cool images ahead about, about shapes um, that might be fun to inspire some more uh, thinking. There's the bubbles, there's this image of uh, bubbles actually kind of getting little holes inside them as they're about to pop. And so it's a, uh, it's tricky. Life, life, uh, like a bubble, does come to an end, um, and we kind of have patterns of of uh, beauty and decay. I mean, like we shouldn't necessarily look at patterns only as as things that we um, as we like. We can get patterns of abuse or patterns of um, negative thinking. All kinds of things come in patterns. Um, uh, as you said in New York, it's like uh, there was like what was that quote in from the movie Soul, which uh, I saw a while ago. Someone shouted at me on the on the subway, and I kind of thought it was exciting you know something like that <laughs> um so yeah i don't know charlotte uh, there we go oh, we're on to why do you think about thinking visually okay so here's a picture that will be familiar to you um of, of your journal and i think there may be a few more of these to come but yeah so so as an artist um but also maybe to, to nura as someone who, who would think about designing policies and or thinking about how policies are designed and you mentioned that sketching can be helpful like what, is there something about thinking visually that that helps? Because of course you are an artist, but you're also a human being. You don't have to think visually all the time. Sometimes you might think in very different ways. So, um, what Amanda? What do you think about visual thinking? That that is so, you know, like how did you kind of not how did you choose this as a profession? But like, what does it mean to you to like think visually? Really? Mm, yeah. So. For me, I think you could take it on a couple of levels. There was one point in my, um, I guess, career or trajectory at which I said to myself, I am determined to learn how to think visually. And for me, at that moment, that meant that every single thing that was said or that I thought, I could then, as instantaneously as possible in my mind, have something to draw for it. Mm. Um, and so that, to me, was sort of one way, right, of thinking visually. And I think there's also a lot of people think in in pictures, right? Or you think in, um, you know, like somebody asks you for a memory and some maybe some folks um, in their memories have this like association and you can see a jar of pickles and all of a sudden you're brought back somewhere completely differently, right? And so that sort of is a visual thinking leap um, to really think about, you know, that time you had pickles with your mom or, I don't know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I do think that thinking visually allows, and particularly if you're someone who doesn't think visually, um, that that then allows people to just build this new perspective, right? So, and for me, it's all about perspective, right? Because the second we add another perspective, we've gained awareness of some kind. And the more awareness we gain, the more we can show up in the world in a grounded place as ourselves fully. Uh, I think that, that that feels also, I feel like that I, I identify with the conversation that I was having yesterday with Nura about, about designing policies and how would we, how would we choose to bring, who would we, who would we bring to the table, right? So if it's coming only mm. from powerful people designing the policies versus everybody who's affected designing the policies, like you could get a very visual, tangible sense of like, how do you lay out the tables? How do you lay out the meeting rooms? How do you lay out the calendar of events? Um, even if you're not a thinking of it as a visual artist, you may be thinking about it in terms of space or relationships. Um, uh, 
So, so yeah. So, uh, Nora, how, do, how does like does thinking visually impact you, or do you think uh, when you think about it, you think in very different ways? And when you think about the kinds of stuff you do, as you mentioned, making diagrams, but maybe mm. you know, again, I, I'm assuming that you're not a visual artist. Maybe you are in your in your hobby life, um, uh, a visual artist. How do you, how do you think about things? How do you feel like you come to terms with these, um, you know, the need to add, for example, different perspectives? Right. I mean, when for me, I draw a lot of diagrams, especially when I'm trying to think through a certain argument or a certain theory or things like that, like connecting concepts to each other is really important for me um, because like I have a hard time just writing things down. Um, so it helps me to like first visualize how ideas are interconnected and then what goes on in between. Um, but like lately I've been thinking, I'm like, am I like operating a lot within a certain boundary? And if so, what is the next boundary or how do we shift it? I'm having thoughts about like between shifting boundaries and expanding boundaries. So like, how does that look? Um, and then, yeah, so maybe it's, if I shift a certain boundary, I could think of different concepts and how that could be imagined and like visualized. So. Oh, that, that reminds me that we, we had we had discussed about visualizing patterns and we talked about wholeness. So we mm -hmm. talked about, um, you know, the initial image we had was an egg, a sense of wholeness of an egg. And you said, but what if this egg is actually more like a soap bubble and kind of morphs into a different shape? So it's like it's still the same boundary, but it's yeah. now it's shifting and it's much more dynamic. And I think that like, you know, um, anyway, uh, yeah. that, 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 that sort of that feels that works. I think the other thing you can do with boundaries, I guess, is cross them or transgress them. So you talked about shift, shifting them, breaking them down, but you can also cross them with, with, with you know, at your peril, I guess, sometimes. But, uh, you know. Um, yeah. I think that's, like, hmm. also especially important if we're trying to think of, like, the future and how we can start visualizing the future. Um, hmm. You know, I think that's something worth thinking about, and especially things that we cannot imagine yet either. Um, how do we design that? How do we think about it? You know, and I think visuals really help. Yeah, I mean, what a what a cool word you just used. I mean, clearly you've been very primed on this, but you just said visualize the future, and I think everyone would use that term to talk about the future. Almost everyone would. So it's like we're we're geared towards visualizing the future, not I don't know, imagining what the future will sound like or something. Yeah. Yes, please, Amanda. I also really appreciate the um, the way we sort of everything in our world is visual, essentially, right? For most of us who can see, and I did just see that comment too that that um, popped up about ways of thinking, um, different ways of seeing. That's a Berger book that was one of the first books I read in, in college as a as an artist too, which I really appreciate. Um, and so I, but I, I think about sort of how the visuals are everywhere in our lives for the most part today, right? They are, you know, on our TV screens, they're on our phones, they're on all of our tech, they're in our world, right? They're the, the way that sort of marketing and or um, folks attempt to reach out to us in order to, they, they sort of use and sometimes abuse visuals, right? And, and are, they've, they've really like linked the ways of our human psyche and how we work to how they present things to us, right? And that is a thing that somehow is not widely known, right? That's a thing that to me might even be helpful, right? When you're thinking about like policy making, I don't, I don't know if there's a parallel here that you can make, Nora, but I'm really appreciating 
sort of how much I don't even know about that as an artist, right? And I, I know, I understand sort of form and this, that, and the other, right? I, I understand like these are some marks made, right? That Charlotte just popped up here for us, right? And so this this can be the most beautiful, most amazing thing ever if I'm having a conversation and talking about marks, right? Whereas, you know, it's not necessarily the most beautiful thing ever, right? And so I think there's, there's not only that, um, idea that I was just talking to, but there's also this this overlay of what's what's beautiful, right? And what's mm -hmm. ugly and how do we not just think about things in binary mm. as well. I just, just smooshed a bunch of ideas there together. But I, maybe maybe I can talk about this particular image where you where you you know the other one the, some of them were kind of iconic, but this is like a landscape, right? So you're drawing a flower which was iconic. And then you had some other thing which was just like kind of almost more like a texture. But here it's like all coming together in the form of an image. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you get these different levels of meaning, even though these are all pages from a sketchbook, the media are exactly the same in terms of the level of what that is as an image. It's very different. And as you said, we're immersed in these things on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, um, Charlotte, if we could go on to question three, we're coming up towards the end of a half hour, although it's so rich, I feel like we could be doing this um, for, for much more than a half hour. Um, how can life patterns inform the Puragaji Handbook version four? So uh, Amanda, we've, we, we last time we made a, a handbook, it was, uh, I think, 2016, so we were quite delayed in terms of the version four, but we're, we're uh, dead set to make one. Um, this one, this image resonated to me with the one we just saw from your sketchbook. This is a painting of, of, a, of a bridge over a, of a river. And, and the idea of this image as an iconic image was um, finding the road through a territory. So here the road is going over this, um, well, you, I suppose the, the river in this case could be a boundary between the left and the right banks. Um, so there's a, a way across that boundary. Um, but I don't know if we could go go ahead a couple more images. Um, yeah, that one. So this is a, a little network image, almost if you can imagine the New York uh, subway system. I, I don't think in Austin they have anything quite like it. Um, <laughs> uh, um, this is a kind of a, a map of, of where we're going, we could say, visually with the Piragaji handbook um, with these different kind of areas. And so, you know, the, the little blue part up in the top is uh, kind of, you can imagine that being a bit like... Uh, Brooklyn or more like the Bronx, I guess. This is this is this is uh backwards, but like you see what I'm saying? Like you have these kind of neighborhoods and, and the idea is to be able to move around the components and um kind of recombine them. And so this is using some of the software tools that Nura was alluding to, using some free software that helps us interact with and visualize um indeed patterns at this level of content. So like you can see here this part looks like a little bit like a star, and that plus look part looks a little bit more like a tangle. So it's like bringing a kind of visual way of thinking towards uh, towards a medium of writing, and that's that's similar to but different from your. Um, oh, and here here's the uh, one of the maintainers of of the software that's kind of under the bonnet here. There's a nice conflation and representations between what is well expressed and what is beautiful, implying a level of visualness to the uh, assessment of arguments. Um, wow, that's very that feels very true, and I think that. One of the criticisms of the of the handbook, I think, has often been not that it's not visual looking, but that it's just sometimes confusing. And is all the stuff in there very well expressed? Is it redundant? Is it is it is it helpful? So I think um, building in kind of this aesthetics of writing into the work itself as a whole work um, is one of the ways in which we could use visual thinking above and beyond petitioning you for more drawings. It's also thinking about how does the thing flow as a as a whole work. So 
that's me rambling for quite a while, I think, but I wonder if the two of you have any thoughts either from the standpoint of a artist or policy analyst or just human being on, on, on some of these thoughts about how to create a document. Um, right. I think, I mean, uh, I uh, yeah, Nora, please. Of the network, the image that you showed, of like the network of ideas, but let's remember that this is a network, so nothing is structural about it. Uh, although we can say that there is something structural about it because you're making the decision of what goes where and how things are interconnected. So the idea is like, is this the full image or is that just a snapshot in time and then it could transform into something else? So like, this is when I think about life patterns that patterns are also transformative over time. And so I think that's something worth thinking about as well. Yeah, very much so. And I think all the missing information in this picture is like, who are the people mm -hmm. creating this? What are the problems and challenges that they're confronting because um, I think you were both maybe talking about at the start of this conversation, like, you know, different pattern, different problems that we could confront, whether it's too much snow or having a difficult conversation with somebody. Um, we don't see that when we pull all of that out. Um, 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 so, yeah, I think that's a good reminder about the limitations of this network. But maybe if we had a visual image, you'd get some more of that texture and those kind of integratedness things. In fact, that reminds me to take a screenshot right now for uh for posterity's sake. So, um, um, Amanda, would you be speaking of screenshot? I, I see you've been uh, sketching there a bit. Do you are you are you willing to kind of do a little show and tell of what you've been um, what sure. you've been doing on on paper? Sure. Um, I, just tiny pieces here. Um, so, just from the beginning of our conversation, talking about oh, I'm going to say like boundaries, um, where we are, the inside and outside. Which I sorry, I'm on the wrong side, pointing. Um, which I took to like being human, feeling, seeing a little bit of nature with the tree, um, differences between our insides and outsides. Also the um, sort of shifting patterns here, right? And how we think, right? There's, there's so much there. Like we could talk about that for hours, right? About just how we shift our own patterns, right? How we how we move things, who we bring to the table when we build policy. Um, yeah, and then just patterns over time, um, just transforming, right? So yeah. forgive the shakiness of my hand, but how oh like we, it, it just moves, right? Yeah. Right. And it's not always a linear thing too. I think that's something that is super evident when you start talking patterns, right? Because you're not, you're, it's not linear. It's, it's not even like in time as linear. Right, like it, it's there's layers upon layers. So, I think this is what makes, from my mind, um, and and Charlotte, it'd be great to have you in as the as the someone who's uh, both uh, publisher and who's been along and uh, on this journey since the beginning. But you know, this is one of the things that makes Puragaji quite exciting. Is like, unlike just reading a book, like here's a random one about uh, Marcel uh, Marseille Noir. It's a um, book of uh, detective mm -hmm. stories, but like. Like this, what we have goes so far beyond the page, right? It's like, it's like, it's about our relationships with each other more so than just producing a book. And I think like, you know, uh, Charlotte, as a, as a publisher, like you have lots of relationships with other publishers and other people, but I think you've expressed about how pure gaji has become, you know, mm -hmm. part of the way you do things. And I, I, yeah. I get that vibe maybe for all of us in, in our own spheres that like it's become a kind of Thing that goes yeah beyond just a page or an artifact or a specific edition of a book um, um, so 
uh, I don't know if you'd love to uh, add some more um, comments, uh, closing things out at the end of a half hour. I guess the one thing we can say is that we do often after these things um, carry on in a, in a separate uh, discussion after um, afterwards. Um, so yeah, you could introduce yeah, that. And Maybe you can introduce that, uh, Charlotte. That'd be fantastic. Right. And we, we do have some more um, episodes coming up on our, what we're calling our accelerators. So we're going to be taking the pedagogy concepts and kind of going into an enterprise or a, even a business and brainstorming. So publishing will be part of that, but it's true. I just, uh, I feel kind of uh, like there's something missing if I'm just doing something myself, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's been, really enriching to have like, like I think Manda's a point about the the memory you know you don't think of a word <laughs> you think of a picture you know like you think of your your you know mother putting on your shoes or something yeah I don't it's just it's not a word it's uh so yeah but uh, we are, after each episode, we try to do a pedagogy or project action review. And we'll be showing the, the uh, link to that. So you can join at uh, meet.jit.c slash pedagogy. It's M-E-E-T period J-I-T period S-I slash pedagogy. It's an open source video conferencing platform. And if you'd like to discuss what we learned today and, and uh, get to know the people you saw, it would be great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think we're just about keeping this to half an hour. It says uh, 29 uh, minutes and 44 seconds. So I'll just take the opportunity to say this has been an exciting and really engaging podcast that I'm sure could have gone on for more than, more than half an hour. So this has been only a taste of what's possible, but yeah, thanks yeah. so much for being here and for tuning in for those who watched. Thanks for having us. Thanks for the idea, Amanda. <laughs> All right, we'll close it out. And thanks for everybody who listened. And uh, please look for the podcast on your audio apps in the next day or so. Mm -hmm. Oops, the birds have come in now. Okay, see so you at uh, the meet.jitsi if, if you have a chance.